Welcome to The Bill Walton Show, featuring conversations with leaders, entrepreneurs, artists and thinkers. Fresh perspectives on money, culture, politics and human flourishing. Interesting people, interesting things. Welcome to The Bill Walton Show. I'm Bill Walton. The 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing opens a few weeks from now in China. And the Olympic Committee's decision to have China host the event grows ever more dubious. It's clear to most observers that China is no champion of human rights as we understand them and conceive of them in the West, and that its Communist Party has become even more deeply committed to preserving its monopoly on power through state-sponsored repression, surveillance, and indoctrination. So why are democracies from all over the world moving ahead to send their athletes to a country so antithetical to their values? Is it because China has mounted a massive disinformation campaign designed to whitewash its image or something else? To explore these questions, Chen Guangsheng and Reggie Littlejohn, returning guests, are back to tell us what's really happening. Chen Guangsheng is a Chinese civil rights lawyer and activist who's been a persistent voice for freedom, human dignity, and the rule of law in his native country, China. Blind since childhood, his human rights activism led to his imprisonment by the Chinese government for four years. And after his release, he remained under house arrest until his escape in 2012 when he came to the United States where he's now a distinguished fellow at Catholic University's Center for Human Rights, and he's also the author of The Barefoot Lawyer, A Blind Man's Fight for Justice and Freedom in China. Reggie Littlejohn, my buddy Reggie, who is the president of Women's Rights Without Frontiers, has spent years campaigning against China's forced abortion policies. A graduate of Yale Law School, she's an experienced litigation attorney, an international expert in China's one-child policy, its surveillance tactics, and its social credit system. Um, LifeSite News recently named Reggie as one of their People of the Year, Heroes of 2021, and a leader to watch in 2022. And also joining, who I've just met, is uh, Zhuawei Chao. Chao? Mm-hmm. Yashua Tao. Tao. Getting better. She was the founder and editor of ChinaChange.org, which is uh, a human rights organization based on... Uh, activities in China. Do you want to give us a quick uh, summary of what your what your group does? Yeah. Uh, China Change was founded uh, in 2013 and based in Washington, D.C. Uh, it's an English language website uh, reporting and translating about uh, human rights, rule of law, and human uh, um, civil society in China. And you'll be serving as the translator for Guangxing. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Very pleased. Thank you. So, uh, the Olympics in Beijing, good idea, bad idea? Of course, bad idea. Well, we've got a, we've got a lot of reasons for this. There's, you know, I think just they're seeing this as a celebration of everything they've achieved, and they're going to use this as a triumph, an awful lot like the way Germany used the 1936 Olympics. And they're going to, they've been doing an awful lot of things to make Beijing pretty. Like, I guess they're trying to get the pollution out of the air in Beijing. And 
they've shut down all the coal-fired plants within a few hundred miles, and of course people are freezing to death, but the air will be a little cleaner. Reggie? I am so deeply opposed to these genocide games so that I, together with Frank Gaffney, founded um, a, a movement at, called GenocideGames.org. It's its own website. We just launched a campaign urging the U.S. Olympics Committee to urge the athletes not, not to attend. Um, and I also testified before the U.S. Congress in May. And the, the, the main thrust of that hearing um, was the fact that China is actively committing genocide at this very moment and throughout the entire games. As those athletes are competing, people are being tortured. People are being raped, systematic rape, forced abortion, forced sterilization. This is all against the Uyghurs and other ethnic minorities in Xinjiang. Forced labor, people in internment camps, like, like concentration camps. Children separated from their parents and brainwashed to forget their Uyghur heritage. I think it is absolutely unconscionable that these Olympics are going forward. And I would urge everyone to go on to genocidegames.org. We have a new Align Act campaign. We've got about 36,000 actions. You can send emails to President Biden and all kinds of other um, people urging them to say that, to not send the athletes. You know, we have this this diplomatic boycott, it's not enough. Gwen Chan King, you uh, wrote a very interesting op-ed in the Wall Street Journal December 29th, and mm -hmm. you went into the title, uh, No Democracy Should Be Participating in the 2022 Beijing Olympics. Mm -hmm. And you've accused the Chinese, I think accurately, of whitewashing their image in preparation for the games. I mean, what are they What are they doing to, to paper over the abuses that... Uh, as a matter of fact, the Chinese Communist Party has never stopped uh, persecuting its people and uh, uh, repressing human right, uh, repressing human rights. And uh, but uh, on the on the surface, it claims it's a, a country with a rule of law and uh, deceiving the world. So the uh, persecution against the human rights defenders, minorities, have only increased over the recent years. Well, Re Reggie cites some specifics for some groups that are being targeted, and that's absolutely happening. It's absolutely true. But this is a more pervasive sort of, uh, I don't know what it's genocide, but sort of pervasive oppression. I mean, they claim they're democracy. I don't remember any elections held in China except maybe the Politburo re-electing uh, President Xi. China has not had any uh, meaningful uh, elections. The so-called people's representatives are all fake. They are de designated by the party, and they uh, act like rubber stamps. If they don't do so, uh, there, there will be committing political suicide. There will be no more uh, uh, of uh, uh, representing uh, people. So average Chinese do not know who are their um, representatives. Uh, during the two sessions, which 
uh, are held every March. Uh, the uh, um, uh, Beijing was under um, uh, strict uh, limitation for movement and stuff. Dissidents and human rights defenders, anyone on their, their list, uh, are either uh, forced to travel, to be uh, taken out of uh, uh, Beijing, or not allowed to go into Beijing, or put under house arrest, or even thrown in jail. I will start with a specific example. I have a friend whose name is Guo Feixiong. Uh, starting in 2005, we have been uh, working together, uh, fighting for human rights. And he was uh, uh, sentenced to uh, prison, and I ended up escaping China. Um, and he has served the two prison terms totaling 11 years from 20, 2016 to now. His wife, last, uh, early last year, uh, was diagnosed with a, a late-term cancer. And the Yang Mao, uh, Guo Feixiong, my friend, uh, went to the airport. He's a free citizen now. He got out, he's released, uh, he was released from prison already. He's a free citizen. He got to the airport. He was stopped uh, at the airport from leaving China to visit his wife. His wife just died uh, uh, two days ago, and uh, China again disappeared, had disappeared him, and uh, is not allowing him to visit the two children to take to take care of the uh, uh, the aftermath. Anyway, uh, my question is. With, uh, in face of such an evil regime, why is the Olymp Winter Olympics held there uh, to begin with? And why are the uh, democracies uh, have fallen so much that we not only boycotting, uh, not only not boycotting it, but uh, uh, anticipate uh, participating in there? And what, uh, what, uh, what China is perpetrating on its own people will eventually be brought to the whole world if we don't do anything. Take another example. Let's talk about the pandemic. With the such an unprecedented pandemic upon us for two years, we're still not waking up. We have stopped working. We wear masks every day, and millions have died. And, and how many more people is uh, uh, the death? from a wars we fought, from, a, from Pearl Harbor, uh, Harbor uh, attacks. And now we, we're not even investigating the origin of the uh, virus. And we're still looking to China for market and everything else. This is the Bill Walton Show, and I'm here with uh, Chin Guan Shen and Reggie Littlejohn, and translating is Jean-Louis Jean Chao. Yes, it's how. And uh, it's just a fascinating take on human rights or lack of human rights in China and all the various interplays here. Um, Reggie, you, you look like you're ready to weigh in here. <laughs> well, I want to just follow up on what Guangcheng just said about, uh, about the coronavirus, okay? So there have been investigations into the origin. And in, at first they said, oh, the idea that it escaped from a lab is laughable. Now that's the main theory, that, that people think that it escaped from the lab. So they, they, it escaped from the, from the lab, likely. They lied about human-to-human -human transmission, the Chinese Communist Party. 
They stopped travel from Wuhan internally inside of China. They allowed travel from Wuhan internationally. Now, if they, I don't, it looks like they were deliberately attempting to infect the world, causing this horrific pandemic with millions of people dying. And now, at this very moment, they are, uh, they are experiencing an outbreak and they are clamping down. So they have about 20 million people on lockdown in China right now, including Xi'an and including in Tianjin, which is close to China. It's like a ha I mean, to Beijing. It's about a half hour train ride. So my question to the U.S. Olympic Committee is, what are you going to do to keep our athletes safe? from the coronavirus, number one, and number two, they're also having an outbreak of hemorrhagic fever, which is a horrible way to die. Um, and, what, and what if one of the athletes decides that they're going to say something about human rights in China? What's the Chinese Communist Party gonna do? What if they arrest one of our athletes? Well, What's, all, what, what, what is our government gonna do? Well, there's all sorts of interesting parts of that statement. One is that the Chinese have decided they're gonna open up their internet a little bit during the games and they're taking the chance that nobody inside is going to break through that and say what they really think including the athletes and so if you it'll be interesting to see if we get an athlete talk about what's happening in hong kong or taiwan uh they're they're trying to be a little open that's very hard for the chinese as, as i'm i'm telling you that <laughs> <laughs> and and but yeah i mean the the virus risk and they're going to have as much success locking down the virus as everybody else has which means you can't you can't confine people to their houses and expect it to stop when Chang, go ahead Bill, when china says they're going to open up the internet a little bit they don't mean open up to all Chinese people. It's the the, uh, the village yeah. of the where the athletes exactly. are staying and the media centers. So it's total uh, uh, a charade. It's a, it's, it's a Potemkin yeah, it's, it's, village. It's, it's not for, it's not for, yeah, it's not for Chinese people. So one of the, I want to cover all these things, but the thing that's interesting we talk about, to me anyway, is that I, how pervasive is this, is this oppression? I think about the maybe different categories, people locked up, and disappeared, people under detention, people under surveillance, and people who are chilled from activities simply because they might be surveilled or, or punished by the Chinese Communist Party. And then layering above that is the social credit system. Right. So everybody's getting marked good or bad according to whether you've done what the Chinese Communist Party wants you to do. Mm -hmm. Could you talk about how that layers? I mean, how many people are there like you who've been actually directly um, imprisoned, or murdered, or disappeared, versus the the more pervasive problem that we have with the Chinese Communist Party. The surveillance and the social control are uh, yes pervasive everywhere. Uh, on internet, if you uh, speak any dissent, uh, your account your accounts will be uh, suspended or deleted. And people, not only that, policemen will be able to, the New York Times has an article on this, the police will quickly be able to uh, identify who you are and find you offline and, and threaten you, sometimes take you away to the uh, uh, detention center. The coronavirus gave, has given the uh, Communist Party a, it's a gift, it's a huge opportunity 
Now that uh, China uses uh, what they call a health pass, before, before, the, before the virus, the pandemic, they have to send people to uh, either threaten you, beat you up, uh, put you under house arrest, or arrest you. Now, when uh, human rights defenders, activists, or average people who are expressing uh, the slightest dissent on uh, government policies, when you are traveling, they know exactly where you are anytime, any moment, and they can turn your health pass, even though you're perfectly fine, uh, into from a green into yellow or red, and then you are stuck. You can't go anywhere. This sounds an awful lot like our passport, our vaccine passports that people are pushing here in the United States. That's why I oppose and Reggie's it. Reggie's been yeah. very vocal I about that. It. I, yeah. yeah, I'm actually going to be speaking at the march on um, January 23rd, March on Washington, to stop those passports or to stop the mandates. But yeah, I mean, this vaccine passport coming to the United States, it, it can be used as a tool of mass surveillance and social control. And in China, if you get your passport um, in, into the yellow or the red, it's connected to your bank account and to your credit cards. They can turn off your ability to buy, to, 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 to what, have money. What, what sort of things lead to a yellow or red Mark. Just like she said, just like dissenting the littlest bit. Uh, uh, yeah. Just more detail. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Red <clears throat> means uh, you're infected. Uh, yellow, uh, I think uh, yellow. No, uh, you will, uh, green means you're healthy, you're tested, you're fine. Uh, yellow, I think, means you're uh, asymptomatic uh, or uh, but positive. Red means you're infected. So something like that. But what yeah, he's asking is, is um, what would cause you to go from green to yellow to red oh. that's not related actually to health? I see, I see. Yeah, that's the, that's the big question. Uh, yeah, that's where we I think this a, is going here. Right, yeah, exactly. I give you uh, a recent example. A uh, human rights lawyer, human rights lawyer who is going to uh, do a case uh, in the city in China, and the Chinese police wants to stop him from uh, uh, going, so turned his uh, health uh, pass That's into right. yellow. He, yeah. at the airport, he can't go. And uh, also, uh, during the, uh, recently, the State Department uh, awarded a uh, woman uh, courage award to a, another human rights lawyer, a woman, uh, whose name is Wang Yu, and to stop her from receiving the award in, the, uh, in our embassy, they turned her uh, health code into yellow while she was in another city, so she can't be there. And things like that, these are just the daily example. Of course, what we know is only the- uh, Tip of the ice. Not even yeah. the, tip, the yeah. tip of the tip. The tip of the tip. Of, yeah, tip. I, I want to talk more. You know, so you were asking, uh, speaking of uh, uh, how many Chinese are exactly under this kind of uh, surveillance and social control. Well, there is not a number, but we can ask uh, the question, how many are not being controlled? For example, that's when they, that's a great question. Yeah, that's uh, great. For example, <laughs> when the Chinese mouthpiece media outlet, uh, outlets uh, have their report 
under governance or the uh, coronavirus, whatever, and their policies, they would uh, close their comment section. They'll show close if they they don't. Sometimes uh, they accidentally leave it open, or maybe uh, just uh, didn't think it about it. Ninety percent of the the netizens, the Chinese, will will oppose it, will criticize it. Uh, on, for example, uh, the lockdown in Xi'an, the lockdown two years ago in Wuhan, or the uh, reports by Xinhua uh, News and their CCTV. So it will be flooded by negative uh, critical comments, and they will end up uh, closing it down again. So from this angle, looking at this angle, just how, how many are not controlled, you can see that just about everyone Every uh, uh, outlet where you can speak are uh, controlled. For another example, there is a citizen journalist, a former lawyer. Her yeah. name is Zhang Zhan, a woman, uh, almost uh, six feet tall. She went to Wuhan in 2020, in early 2020, and uh, she was uh, she reported to what's on the ground, very uh, every daily life there, nothing really that uh, striking. And, but they detained her and uh, sentenced her to four years in prison. Now she has been on sem semi-hunger uh, strike for over a year and is dying in prison. And China still wouldn't let her um, to uh, give her uh, uh, bail uh, so she can get treatment. I'm trying to, I want to put this in context because I think we're making the point. Surveillance and oppression and indoctrination is widespread, pervasive. And we've got a billion four people in China. There are, what, 80 million members of the Chinese Communist Party? Does it matter whether you're a member of the party? Does that give you any special protections? Um, but I've also understood that the, the only thing that matters is maybe the seven or eight or nine people in the, in the, in the top in the, in the Politburo that are close to Xi. I mean, who, who actually is, is running this and who's free from uh, surveillance? I think I know the answer, but... I don't think anybody's free from surveillance. Nobody's free from it. And I, I just, before we answer that, I just thought there's a, a one little point that I want to make, which is that when, when the Olympic athletes go over to China, they are entering into, you know, this, this surveillance culture, and they need to understand their movements are going to be tracked. All of their social media posts. It's interesting, they're opening up the internet for the athletes, right? Are they, they will for sure be tracking what those athletes are posting. What are they going to do with it? What if some? What if an athlete posts, you know, some something that is that very critical of the government? What's going to happen? You know, the, so I, I would not be surprised if they have some kind of surveillance in their bedroom. I mean, would you be surprised by that? I think that, well, that no. I mean, they, they well, the, Olympi with... the Olympic Village is supposed to be a pretty wild place during the Olympics. So right. what they're tracking will be pretty well, interesting. That's right. I mean, that's right. <laughs> and, and so what they're tracking, so they're going to be tracking all of that. Yeah. They're going to be tracking all of that, and they can use it, you know, to blackmail people. You know, like what if what if I mean, I'm not going to get into like stories like that, but but I'm just saying that, that this is something that that the U U.S. Olympic Committee, the International Olympic Committee, has not addressed. They have not said we're going to stand by our athletes um, if, if they criticize China on Chinese soil. You know, this is a danger for the athletes. I don't think you know. I think I've said in the tease for the show someplace that if these Olympics were held in any other country with the same list of, of uh, human rights violations, there'd be an international hue and cry to move it. 
flat out, but it's China. And China has hundreds of multinationals that are vying to do more and more business in China. All the sports companies, Nike, you know, NBA, the NBA, the WNBA actually showed some courage on this. The, uh, the, the WTA, the Women's Tennis Association. WTA. Right. Um, but it, it, it just seems like we're talking about politics. We're also got to talk about the international business community and how co complicit they are in what's happening here. Right. So, so the international business community, as you said, they're deeply in bed with China. And not only that, but China has something called the Belt and Road Initiative, yeah, sure. where they're basically buying off um, countries. So what they will do is they will lend money to a, a country that they think probably will not be able to pay it off. That's the point, to build some kind of critical infrastructure. And then when the country can't pay it off, China will own the infrastructure. I was recently reading that Uganda lost its airport to China. So China now has an airport in, in, in Uganda. But this is what happened. Well, there's a, there's a term from my world in finance. It's called loan to own. Loan to own. And you loan people money that you know they can't repay. And when they can't repay, you take the collateral. And that's what they're doing with yes, these airports. That's what we're doing with ports. They're doing right. this with all sorts of infrastructure facilities all over the all world. All over the world. So they're owning critical infrastructure. So all the reason over the you're world. getting crickets when it comes to criticism of the Chinese is they've got their fingers in almost everybody's pocket. Uh, the Chinese Communist Party is very calculating, has been. It uses the uh, market as an enticement. So uh, the uh, international corporations, Wall Street, they join the common, they hand in hand with the work with the Chinese Communist Party. And they are actually, they're making money in China off the Chinese people. So the Communist Party gets double-sided uh, uh, benefits. Uh, it uh, uh, makes money and uh, also get technology from uh, international corporations that help the Communist Party to uh, maintain its uh, regime, its uh, rule of China. But, uh, so in short terms, the international corporations seem to be making money, but in the long run, you know what? The Chinese Communist Party is to force them to cough it out uh, down the road. For example, uh, the virus, take the virus, uh, for example, uh, how in such a short period of time, how many businesses have been stopped? Uh, how many uh, transactions have been uh, stopped in the track? So uh, these international corporations, they help the communi uh, Ch Chinese Communist Party with the advanced technologies like a facial recognition, surveillance system, and computer um, monitoring system. And they are accomplished and uh, accomplices in this. Uh, and and uh, the mainstream media uh, have reported uh, very little of it. Otherwise, they are um, deemed politically incorrect. The Chinese Communist Party are very good at corrupting people and infiltrating uh, organizations and, and people. Uh, take, uh, in Washington, D.C. alone, they spent 
annually um, two hundred uh, millions dollars on uh, you know uh, ver various um, purpose. Our politicians have been corrupted. For example, uh, during the uh, uh, um, campaign, during the presidential campaign, uh, or I think after the election, a Chinese think tank personality named Di Dongsheng, he said uh, on video that uh, uh, who gave Hunter Biden the uh, $1.3 billion for his uh, uh, fund? Uh, we helped. Um, so we human rights activists, dissidents, and the defenders here, we speak out a lot, but we seldom see our politicians do anything because, in my opinion, uh, they are being affected under some kind of a control. I, I agree with everything that, that Guangcheng said. I, I would <laughs> Thank just, you. <laughs> <laughs> not that it matters, but, um, but I would just say that we are the United States and 151 other countries are signatories to the Genocide Convention. And under that convention, we have agreed the contracting parties confirmed that genocide with a committed in time of peace or war is a crime under international law, which they will undertake to prevent and punish. We are required by international treaty to prevent and punish genocide. Now, having a diplomatic boycott is really just a slap on the wrist. We should be having a full boycott, but at least we're doing a diplomatic boycott. I mean, most countries are not even doing that. So what is the message that it's saying to Beijing? Well, what it's saying to Beijing is you can do whatever you want. You can rape, you can torture, you can murder. We're not even going to do a diplomatic boycott, and we're going to allow you to have the biggest propaganda coup that you can have internationally and stand up there for two or three weeks during the Olympic Games and the Paralympic Games talking just without any kind of control about how great China is and how, how China is the greatest country in the world. And this is, 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 is egregious. I want to bring in <coughs> Hong Kong a little bit. Hong Kong, for years, decades, as I grow up in China, everybody of my age or younger, Hong Kong is this uh, star. Uh, Hong Kong is considered a free, it's not just considered, it was con uh, a free world. And the, and the, uh, in the West, the democracies treat, have treated Hong Kong as a part of the free world. Right, so Hong Kong. The fact, the I, I, what I want to say is that uh, the speed with which Hong Kong has fallen should scare everyone, and yet we we watch and we seem to have been paralyzed, not being able to do anything. Oh my God, Hong Kong. We're only talking about two years, two years a city like Hong Kong, over 100 years of a rule of law and the, under the British turned into another Chinese city in two years. I don't know why people are not as shocked as I am. I mean, at, with that speed, how soon the Communist Party will turn the world? That's right. Mm -hmm. That's upside right. down. Well, the Chinese Communist Party, as you point out, has been just assiduously co-opting people, not just here in the United States, but throughout the world. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Uganda, they've got Sri Lanka, they own 
something like $3 billion to the Chinese, and that's going to the next domino. Uh, but it's, uh, we've got the multinationals all, all tied into this, and it, it's not just us. I mean, Germany, I think we talked about before we went on the air, they have a new prime minister, chancellor, whichever the term is, uh, replacing Angela Merkel, and they're, they're, Germany's part of this, this European-wide agreement about genocide, about how they're not going to do business with countries that engage in it. And in the first conference call between the Prime Minister of Germany and, and, and Xi, human rights were mentioned how many times? Zero. And, you know, China's uh, Germany's largest trading partner. And uh, Volkswagen has half its sales, as I, somebody told me, in, uh, in Germany. That may be apocryphal, but I think it's pretty close to the right number. So for us to be successful in the work we're thinking about here, I, I think we're going to have to start calling out some of these companies and some of these politicians who are complicit with, uh, with the Chinese Communist Party. Are you all doing anything along that? I mean, can we, can we, can we do the Saul? Do you guys are familiar with Saul Alinsky? I am. Yeah. Tell us about Saul Alinsky. He was oh. <laughs> a political activist. Well, who, he's on the left and, um, and, and did tremendous amount of political activism on the left. So, I mean, I don't know what else. Well, he, his, wrote, he, he had, a, he had, he had strategies, rule, and one of the strategies was you, was you have to take an issue and you have to personalize it. You have to make it about a person and not just some abstract thing. I mean, when, in your work in, in human rights in China, is there incidences where, where companies are doing things that you could, um, you could call out as part of this, uh, uh, this effort? In our work, we didn't have a, a bandwidth to uh, wade uh, uh, into that part of uh, the, uh, uh, the business of p putting pressure uh, on businesses. But uh, there's a Uyghur uh, organization that has been uh, uh, pushing for companies uh, not, uh, not uh, uh, making product in Hong Kong. With some success. Uh, no, 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 in, in, Xinjiang. in yeah, Xinjiang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the latest uh, act that uh, bill that uh, passed uh, the uh, Congress and signed into law. So that sort of thing. Um, we, uh, um, we, we need to, the thing is, uh, the reason we're on this kind of a show, you know, we have this show, and thank you, Bill, uh, is that we need more people to know about it, I to agree. aware mm -hmm. the, uh, the awareness. We have to raise awareness, raise the sense of uh, urgency so that the people say, oh, this is not something far away from me, having nothing to do with my life. Yes, it's at the doorstep of your life. Well, the other thing is that I didn't have time to get into the, read the full article, but I think the Post recently published, the Post of all periodicals posted a really in-depth analysis that China's been going out with requests for proposals for all sorts of technology companies here in the United States and a part of every single proposal is to build surveillance systems into what Americans are doing. Mm -hmm. And so the same social, social credit or, or oversight or, or uh, monitoring of behavior, they're seeking to pr push that out into the rest of the world. And yeah. I think they already have. 
Mm-hmm. They already have. And we fully expect they're going to be monitoring this show. So if you got anything you want to say to the censors personally, this is your opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say something. I'll say something. Say something. Say something. The Chinese, something, the Chinese. Party, <laughs> which is that um, that 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 I believe that not only should we have uh, you know a, a boycott of of the games for the reason that we, we that we've been discussing, but that China should be banned from the games. China should be banned from the games, okay? So this is the same as Australia. Uh, no, excuse me. Describe that. Uh, South Africa was banned from the games from 1964 to 1988 because of apartheid. So there's a precedent for this. I believe that not only should China not be able to be to host the games, if, if the games were delayed a year by Japan, the summer games were delayed a year uh, you know, because of the coronavirus. I don't see why they can't be delayed a year because of genocide and, that, and be held in a country that is not committing genocide and that China should be banned from those games and should be banned from every Olympic Games until they stop committing genocide and forced organ harvesting and the rest of it. So we talked about coming on the show that we need to grab people's attention. I think you just did. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then and then the other thing is that, that China should be not should should not be honored by hosting the Olympic Games, but should be should be declared to be a transnational criminal organization. Well, it's we're, we're, I think we're succeeding in getting that message out. I mean, remember we, we talked about this before. China, the liberal world order. We're, we invited them in. We made them part of the World Trade Organization. Yeah. They're going to get rich. They're going to become democratic, and they'll be just like us. Now. I want to make a distinction here because you're, you're, you're Chinese. I think we're not talking about the Chinese people. I think we're talking about the Chinese Communist Party. I think, it's, I th- I think we need to make that distinction. This is yes. not, a, this is not a, a cultural or racial issue. It's, the Chinese it's, uh, people are the first victims of the Chinese Communist that's Party. That's it. They're yeah. the first victims. Right. Um, I, want to say, uh, two po- I want to make two points to your audience, to our audience, is that... Uh, um, I hope you, first of all, I hope you don't watch the uh, Olympic, uh, especially the openings, uh, opening. Do not watch. It is a propaganda show. Okay. If you do watch, um, and please do not gush about it. Oh, China did such a great job. Oh, that's gorgeous. The firework, the the show, the dance, the, uh, the music, and blah, blah. And when you see that, do remember, people are tortured, people are disappeared, Mm -hmm. people are blocked from speaking, people are losing their homes, people's land are taken away, and all sorts of, and millions Uyghurs are in concentration camp for years on end. So do remember this, and what you're seeing is not the real China. So that's one point I want to make. The other is that uh, if you watch your favorite athletes or sports, the winter sports, write down the sponsors and try to boycott their products. Great idea. I believe that the international community should should stop uh, start stopping the Communist Party from participating in in these uh, uh, international uh, events. the, the democracies have a lot of good cards to play, 
On the other hand, China cannot lose us. We, they are more rely on us than we are rely on them. They, for, for, for the democracies, China is just the market and money. But uh, if they lose, uh, we isolate China, they lose um, us, um, they lose their bloodline. We've, would we talk about earlier the tip of the tip of the iceberg? I think we've covered the tip of the tip of the tip. There's so many other things we need to be talking about, but we're out of, we're out of time. And so I want to thank you all for joining. We'll, we'll, we'll reconvene. Uh, we're, we're before the Olympics. It'll be interesting to see how it actually plays out. Um, it could be a catastrophe, but we, we don't know. I think they will try to stage manage it so it doesn't look like it, even if it is under the surface. Uh, this is the Bill Walton Show here with uh, Gwen Guan Chen, Reggie Littlejohn, Jean Wei Chao. Uh, Reggie, how do we reach you? Uh, well, okay, so there's the genocidegames.org where people can take action on this issue, and then there's women's rights without frontiers.org, which is my main website. Great. And then uh, Jean, Jean, Jean Wei Chao, you're reached at uh, chinachange.org? Yes, uh, my web, uh, our organization's website is chinachange.org. Dot org. Very easy to remember. Okay. Great. And then, Shang Sheng, we can find you at Catholic University and every place else, and we should all get people to read your book, The Barefoot okay. Lawyer. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. See, since my story, uh, I think you will know how to evil of the Khan party. You mm -hmm. will understand why we need to join hand to stand up to against the Khan party. That's a wrap. Um, anyway, thanks, everybody. And thanks for joining Bill Walton Show. And we'll see you again next time. We'll be following up more with this show and related topics on China and the uh, international community. And uh, you can find us on all the major podcast platforms, YouTube, Rumble, uh, and so forth. And uh, thanks for joining. And uh, we'll talk next time. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Want more? Click the subscribe button or head over to thebillwaltonshow.com to choose from over 100 episodes. You can also learn more about our guest on our Interesting People page. And send us your comments. We read everyone and your thoughts help us guide the show. If it's easier for you to listen, check out our podcast page and subscribe there. In return, we'll keep you informed about what's true, what's right, and what's next. Thanks for joining.